David wrote, my cup overflows. In the 23rd Psalm, verses 1 through 6, was read just a moment ago, will be our text for today. Many of you probably recognize that scripture. If you didn't even have the numbers up there, you would be able to say, that's the 23rd Psalm. Probably out of all the many, many, many chapters of that book, the book of Psalms, that's probably the most well-known chapter probably throughout the whole book of Psalms. Many of you probably have spent time learning to quote that psalm and probably could quote it. And many of you probably have read that psalm over and over and over again through difficult times in your life. We preachers, we often read that 23rd Psalm as we stand beside a grave with a family who is grieving. And the question this morning, it's a, or the thought is, it's a most known and beloved Psalm today. But I guess the question that we ask this morning, when did David exactly pen this Psalm? We had a series of lessons, I believe, on Sunday night uh, concerning this psalm some time back. But I want us to think about this psalm once again. When did or when might have David penned this psalm? Maybe when he was fleeing out of the book of 2 Samuel in chapter 15. Maybe when he was fleeing Jerusalem because his son Absalom, if you remember, was trying to usurp the throne of Israel and take over. Maybe this was the difficult time in David's life that he, he penned this psalm, this psalm for us even to read today in our difficult times. But maybe it was during one of the occasions when Saul, if you remember, sought his life and was trying to kill him out of 1 Samuel in chapters 19 through 27. Or maybe it was just when he was grieving the loss of his child that was born to him through uh, his sin of committing adultery with Bathsheba that we studied about this morning in 2 Samuel 11 and 12. It's really hard for us to know exactly. But we can say this morning that whenever David penned this psalm, that it was clearly a dark time in his life. That it was a very difficult time that David needed encouragement from God and to reassure himself that God was still with him. And to remind himself of what God has done and would do. There are several things, I believe, this morning that stand out from this psalm. 
And I believe there is, there's David's clear familiarity here with being as he, as you read that in the very first line, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, David understood and knew exactly what it meant to be a shepherd of sheep. He knew that sheep had to be to be fed and to be led and to be cared for and, and special things had to be done for, for those sheep to, to live and have the essentials of life. David knew that. Secondly, David knew and understood that he had confidence and trust in God. Notice how it depends here in verses 3 through 5. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And then that famous part that we probably all could quote. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. So, I said there was three things. The first two is that, first one there is that David knew what it was to be a shepherd as God and Lord, our Lord leads us. David knew that he, he had confidence and trust in God that he would restore him and he would take care of him and lead him through that dark time of his life. But I think the third one, the third idea that David expresses is that he expresses gratitude for all of God's blessings in his life. In fact, this gratitude is summed up in those few little words, my cup overflows, my cup runneth over. He expresses thanksgiving. And even though David may have been going through a rough moment in his life, he knew he was still immensely blessed by God. And in his life, and as if his life were a cup, and his blessings were, were water that were poured in that cup, that that cup would be overflowing as those blessings continued to fill up that cup. And I asked the question this morning, why should we not feel the same way as David did? In our darkest hours, in our most difficult times, as David penned this psalm, He had the strength to say, my cup runs over. Our culture this time of year 
in our culture this time of year, everyone is thinking about Thanksgiving, isn't it? Being thankful. Being thankful for what we have. And Thanksgiving is much more than just turkey and dressing and sweet potato pie and all this food we eat. That is a blessing, isn't it? But our culture is thinking about those things at this particular particular time. But you know, as we all sit here this morning, God has blessed every one of us, hasn't he? He has. You think about it. Our cups are running over. There's three things this morning that I want to share with you along this thought. Why shouldn't we think this same way? Or why should we think the same way that David feels that my cups run up? Even in the darkest times, even in the roughest moments of our life, why should we think the way David should, should there that my cup runneth over? That my cup is full. I've got more blessings than I know what to do with. Number one, because of our prosperity. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of um, 1 Timothy. Let's look together just for a moment concerning this thought of because of our prosperity. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, The Bible says to us, beginning in verse 17, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. that they do good. They be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, and laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. The life which is life indeed, one version says. Why should we feel the same way? Because of our prosperity. You see, the scripture gives instructions to those who have riches. Those who have riches in in this world And he's basically, we could sum it up by saying, use those riches to do good. Don't hoard hoard them up. Use them to do good things for the Lord. Set aside an amount and use that to the Lord and and, and do what you can for the Lord and, 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 and give God the glory, he's saying. Now, one might say, now, 
Now, preacher, who who are these people? Now, are those are those uh, Bill Gates? He's rich. Are those the owners of all these big corporations? Those are rich people. Is that is that who those instructions are to? It's to you and I, the family of God, the Christian. Yes, might they have a lot of money? We have money too, just not as much as they have. But those are instructions to us this morning. Would you consider yourself rich this morning? In the fact, not necessarily how much is in your bank account. That included. You see, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to do good for the Lord without money. Our time, our work, our efforts to do things. But who are those people? There are those of us who are sitting here this morning. Do you realize our older people, I'm sure, do more so than our younger people? Most people in the world struggle just to get the daily necessities of life. There's a lot of people who struggle with that. And we've been blessed. Do you realize and did you know that 1.5 billion, with a B, people in the world have no electricity? You would say, what? Really? 1.5 billion people have no electricity? Did you realize that the latest numbers are 850 million will go to bed hungry tonight, including children? Do you realize that over the biggest continent in the world of Africa, one of the biggest continents, over half of that continent has no clean water to drink? The people we study about or we see in our presentations from India, looking at some of those pictures and hearing some of those stories, you know what? They do backflips to go home to your house. Those people of the world would do backflips. They'd give anything to go home to what we're going to go home to in less than an hour. Not only do we have our necessities taken care of, we have a lot of luxuries. Do you realize that 98% of the people in the world, or actually 99% of the people in the world, have a television? And the only 1% that doesn't have a television is because they don't want one. <laughs> 85% of the world have cell phones. Two-thirds of the world have cable or direct TV or some type of source of entertainment. So not only do we have our necessities taken care of, 
But we have a lot of luxuries. We have televisions, cell phones, cable, all type of, all type of time-saving devices, microwaves, washing machines. Our ladies don't have to go out and take the clothespin and put them on the line anymore. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to rain on them. We don't have to take a grubbing hole and dig up our gardens. Don't have to hook up the mules. We have a lot of luxuries, don't we? How should we respond to this blessing? This is a time we're thinking about Thanksgiving, but we should think about these things year-round, shouldn't we? We should think, or we should be thankful. We should be thankful for these things and these blessings all through throughout time. When you go to the book of uh, Philippians, in the book of Philippians, in chapter 4, in verse 6, the Bible reads to us, it says, Be careful for nothing, or in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. We're reminded how we should respond. We should be thankful for those things. And you turn on over to the next book in the book of Colossians in in, uh, chapter 4. And in verse 2, it says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Thanksgiving. First Thessalonians chapter 5. You go right on over. In verses 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How should we respond? We should be thankful for those blessings. We should be good stewards of those things in our life. God has blessed every one of us. Our cups this morning are running over, whether you realize it or not. But we should be good stewards of our blessings and use them to seek first the kingdom of God. And we're reminded in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, you're very aware of that, that uh, scripture. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Later on, the next verse says, Take no thought about tomorrow. Don't worry. For the morrow shall take thought for its things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How should we respond? Why should we think the way David thinks? Because of our prosperity and what we have. Number two, because of our family. Because of our family, we should think the way David thinks or thought. Now, you think about that. 
our families. Many of us are blessed to have a spouse, children, and grandchildren. Some of us have been blessed to see your children grow up to serve the Lord. And some, even your grandchildren. You see, that's a great blessing. Now, there's a lot of people who would think that that's not a rich blessing, but it is. Those of you who are older and have grandchildren who are now serving the Lord faithfully, oh, it's a great feeling, isn't it? I hope one day to live that long. Right now, I'm experiencing my grandchildren, or my children rather, and serving the Lord and putting the Lord first. But many of us are blessed to have that spouse. Many of us are, are blessed to be married to the love of our life. When you go to the book of Proverbs in chapter 18... The Bible reads to us in verse 22, it says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. We're blessed to have our families. We're blessed that the Lord has given us the health to live as long as we have to see the blessings that we, we, we enjoy today. You know, it's also, when you think about that family, what about, what about me or those who have no children? What about those who, who, who doesn't have that spouse? Many of you have lost your spouse. But you know what? You're still blessed with the family of God that loves you and cares for you. That's a great blessing. In the book of Psalm, in 127, in verses 3 through 5, the Bible reads to us, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. See, we're blessed to have our families. We're blessed to have our church family. Through the time that I've experienced in the last few weeks and many of you have experienced in the last weeks and months and years and it's great to have a church family, isn't it? You know, if we're Christians, we're blessed to have God as our Father and one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. You turn to the book of Galatians in chapter 3, it reminds us of this. In verses 26 and uh, 27 and 28, 
In Galatians 3 there it says, For ye are all the children of God by faith. What? Through Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, the scripture says. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For ye are all one. You are all one in Christ Jesus. We are the sons of God. 1 John 3, verse 1. And one says, why should we think about the way David thinks? Because of our prosperity, because of our family. And those who, who do the Lord's will are our family of God. Go read Mark chapter 3 and verses 31 and through 35. When Jesus on that occasion where he's told, he says, your brothers and your, your mother are out here. And he says, who are my mothers and my brothers? He says, those who, at the end of that, he says, those who doeth the will of my Father, the will of God. We're blessed to have a family. We're blessed to have a church family. David knew that. He was blessed to have a God who would restore his soul, who would lead him by the still waters, who would feed him, who would give him the things that he had. But thirdly, this morning, why should we think because of the way David did concerning this? Because of our prosperity, because of our families, but because of our shepherd. You go back to the text this morning and you read with me verse 6. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knew that the Lord was his shepherd. David knew that the Lord did for him everything that a shepherd is supposed to do. The Lord was his ultimate leader. And not only out of this passage do you see that, that God was his leader, it was his guide, and it was the protector of life. I asked the question this morning, are we just as thankful for the same blessings? Are we? We may say we are, but it's, you know, words, they say words are cheap. Are we really thankful for what we have? The things that we take for granted? You think about the glasses you have in your head, on your head this morning or the, the contacts that you have in your eyes. There are a lot of people who in this world who, don't, who need those things because they can't see. It's amazing when we figure out a kid needs glasses and how it opens their world up at school. They're just like, wow, I can see things now. There are people in this world who would give anything to have just a little bit of what you and I are going to enjoy. Just in a little bit, we're going to leave and we're going to go eat. We're going to have a good lunch. We're going to have food to eat. We're going to have warm houses. 
We're going to go out and get in a car and it's going to be warm on the way home. David knew that he was his leader, guide, and protector in life. John 10, in verse 11 through 18, and we're going to close just a moment. John writes, and he says, I'm the, I'm the good shepherd, our Lord is speaking. The good shepherd giveth or lays down his life for the sheep, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd who, whose own uh, the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. And the hiring fleeth because he's in the hireling and careth not for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, know my sheep, I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. There are other sheep of which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life and, I'm, and I might take it again, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment hath I received of my Father. He is our shepherd. The I am's, if you will, of the book of John. He is the one who restores our souls. You know, even if we didn't have prosperity or family, our cup still runs over. We have access to eternal life, we have access to forgiveness. You know, when we begin to grumble and fuss, we need to remember these two things. When we continue to look around and say, oh, look what all I've lost, or look at all that I don't have, this is something that will really help you. Number one, go home and make a list of blessings and pray a thanksgiving prayer. Now, I ain't talking about just, Lord, thank you for my job, thank you for my, my house, my, my automobile, all the money I have. It's got to be very specific. Little things. Go home and make that list of those little bitty things that you're thankful for and pray to God and thank Him. And number two, when we begin to grumble and complain and say, oh, look what I don't have or look at all this, we need to allow those blessings to take and direct our lives with a clear perspective. Allow those blessings to direct your life
Read them into your life with a clear perspective of what they really mean to you. And then we should be able to think the way David thought. Because that's what David did. Again, with all, without all the material blessings that we have, we're still blessed. If we had nothing today but the clothes on our back, we have the blessing of Jesus Christ and his blood. He allows you to repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, to be added to the Lord's church. It allows you that once you become a Christian and you have failed in some way and, and not been as thankful as maybe you should have been, it allows us to repent of those sins and to be able to be back in good graces and in the, back into the fold of where the shepherd would lead us. This morning, does your cup runneth over? It probably runs over more than what you think. Sometimes we think our cups are empty. But just know we serve a God who all those things come from. So this morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand as we sing.